Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters for Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, if you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. This is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. I have a wonderful voice today. He's an old buddy. We finally get to get, get caught up because we haven't seen each other in person in, oh, I don't know, forever. He is a financial advisor extraordinaire, man about town, and all-around good dude. Tom Alessi is in the virtual studio. Yes. All right. How you doing, my friend? You know what? As I said to you, it's the COVID world, right? One day is the next, and staying, trying to stay safe and trying to stay sane, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Groundhog Day over and over again. And I don't know about you, but you know, as we record this, we're still, I think we're still in the first week in January and it's particularly depressing now, I think, because for a while you kind of, you could go to the beach, you could go have dinner at an outdoor restaurant. You could kind of do things here or there and maybe get together with some people and now it's like, well, great. We got a vaccine. Who knows when most of us are going to get it. It's cold out and I'm pretty sad. <laughs> I was just having that conversation with a client the other day where she's like, I'm really looking forward to this getting done and being able to actually get out of the house. And I'm like, well, it's the beginning of winter. You're not going anywhere for three months. She goes, I know. I'm really looking forward to like April or May now. Yeah, that's what we're left with. And I have a friend who says, well, let's plan a trip to Vegas. And I said, all right, that sounds fun. When exactly are we going to go? I don't know, June, July, August, I don't know. <laughs> so, but even just to have something on the calendar to look forward to, we haven't planned it yet. But I have a friend who was, I, I remember, do you remember what you were doing at the beginning of this pandemic? Do you remember the, was there a moment for you where you were like, oh boy, this is on. We got to strap in and smoke them if you got them. Do you remember anything like that? Uh, well, the only thing it, that always comes to mind for me is I, I now know what I will do when Armageddon comes about, mm -hmm. because all I was doing was basically eating and drinking my way into <laughs> yeah. this as it started. Because, yeah, it was literally that that I remember it was like that Monday or Tuesday in March, like the 16th or 17th or something, where it yep. was like, that's it. I just, I'm not. What do I got to do tomorrow? I, there's nothing to get up for. And what am I going to do? And, yeah. and it just was way too easy being around the house and being able to just graze all day. And eat. <laughs> yes. 
And that's pretty much what we've continued doing. I remember that week that you refer to, I was scheduled to go to Arizona for kind of a guy's trip. My buddy Max was turning 50 and he had arranged for about eight to 10 guys or so to meet in Arizona. We were going to yeah, just go to some bars and take in some exhibition league baseball and just smoke some cigars and do guy stuff. And he was already out there. And then I remember texting with him saying, they're talking about this quarantine. I don't know. And I said, but you know what? I'm there. Like I'll get on the plane. And it was like a 6.30 a.m. flight in the evening prior. I'm texting with him. And about yeah, half past midnight, I get a text from him saying, abort everyone's canceling. And at the time I didn't realize that was the end. That was the, the last plane ticket that had my name on it for, for probably for at least a couple of years. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about happier subjects. Tom, you are of course a financial advisor over at the Moody Street Group. And if you want to get in touch with Tom, go to moodystreet.com. That's pretty easy to remember. Is that the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, my email is my first initial and my last name. So T Alessi is A L E S I at moodystreet.com. So it's just T Alessi at moodystreet.com. Shoot me an email. Phone number is simple. It's 617 682 7374. Cool. Glad we got all that info. But what you suggested we talk about today, which is something I know and I'm a fan of, but I'd love to know more about, is a foundation you have called the Aries Foundation and the stated mission to try to help everyone have a better relationship with their money by offering free workshops, courses, informational sessions to employees through worksite and affiliation programs. Now, that sounds like you're educating the whole world on finance and sort of the basics of finance, but I know it involves you helping a lot of people who have particular challenges and some special needs folks. And tell me, give me the, the grand view of Aries and how it came about. Well, so the story I tell to everybody is, remember when you were in grade school and used to come back from summer vacation and the first assignment you got was, what did you do over your summer vacation? Mm -hmm. So in our case, the way we explain it is, this is what we did in the pandemic, right? So we launched this nonprofit to, as the mission says, try to help everybody have a better relationship with their money. But the idea of it was we were doing a lot of these workshops and outreach, and we just wanted to expand the footprint mm -hmm. and trying to do it so that we were helping, like you said, those who may not be able to attend or go to certain ones. And we actually have a couple of those workshops that we do for individuals who are in the special needs community, those who are on the spectrum and do some things like that. We'll come in and do a, it's a finance and money management 101. Mm -hmm. Sure. That we affectionately call balling on a budget mm -hmm. and it is done all to football. So it's a football themed event where it's the first quarter is budget and cash flow, And the second quarter is being in the red zone, which talks about credit cards and loans quarter number three is how to tackle debt. And then the fourth quarter is sort of bringing it all together and putting a financial playbook together for them. The fourth quarter is also when Cam Newton throws the ball at his receiver's feet and the game yeah, is over. I was going to say, or loses the fumble, <laughs> but that's a different story. Yeah. So we, when we do these and in, in we've got these custom Patriots jerseys that of course say number 12 on them because he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> we've talked about, should we change that? 
And you could always <laughs> do Cam's number because it's one. So yeah. it's sort of, hey, Good we're number. number one. You could yeah. always do that. And it says Moody Street on the back, so it doesn't matter to us. <laughs> well, I still have his bobblehead behind me, and I haven't decided whether to root for Tom Brady or not. This, As we record this, we're, we're on the verge of the playoffs with Tom definitely in and the Patriots definitely out. But but I know it's, it's still shrewd, I think, to – theme something around football in this area that's our passion for the sport is not going away well let me ask a couple more questions but the first of all where does Aries come from so we had set this up if you do it out it's I have a partner somebody who founded with me his name is Craig Richardson so it's Alessi Richardson and then we it's investment efficiency specialist A-R-I-E oh okay that has nothing to do with the astrological sign well, the, the, <laughs> the logo is the astrological sign. We just, we, it, the name sort of rang out there and the logo sort of got really cool with that. And mm-hmm. that's how we sort of built it out. But it was more of trying to figure out some way to, to create something that had to be separate in our world as with the whole SEC and all the other compliance sure. that we have to do that you can't have two DBAs. Mm-hmm. So we, it had to be I something completely separate. Right. So, and if you want more information about the Aries Foundation, go to AriesFoundation.com, A-R-I-E-S Foundation. <coughs> you listeners, org. you listeners, oh, .org, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, get yeah. that right. <laughs> AriesFoundation.org. I'm not going to spell foundation because my listeners are smart. They know how to spell foundation. They can do that. So the, but tell me though, does the people that tend to gravitate towards this, are, they could be, I know that you have a passion for helping those with special challenges and special needs. It sounds like this scope is a lot bigger than that. Correct. And really what this came from and the way I describe it is that if you remember, you, you and I are both older mm-hmm. in terms of the <laughs> audience that there used to be a term, jump the shark. Yes. Right? So, so in for me, the term or spectrum of financial wellness is just has something that has jumped the shark. Yeah. And you've got tools and videos and calculators and software and all this stuff out there. That's all supposed to help people with financial wellness. Mm-hmm. The problem is nobody's taken advantage of it right. because you need what I, my formula for this with financial wellness is guidance plus interaction equals engagement. Mm-hmm. And so for us, our tagline with it is that financial wellness is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. It needs that handholding, that one-on-one. You need that personal interaction because otherwise people are just not engaging. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is a lot of people sitting around a room with their eyes glazing over, especially with the retirement plan stuff, which is I can't afford next month. What do you mean trying to save for something uh, in 40 years? That just doesn't work for me. So Mm -hmm. that's really where it came from. Uh, I used to be in your field. And when I was a financial advisor at a couple of different financial outfits, the it's all about retirement planning and a lot of it, it, because I I came from outside the industry and learned that I didn't learn the whole business until I was in my forties. And uh, it basically came around to a lot of this is common sense, but the the plans that these your whoever your financial advisor is can design for you are comforting they can be comforting to see this is where you're going to be in 10 years and 20 years however let's face it those plans depend on a lot of assumptions and presumptions and they're only as good as the money you that you put in and we all have plans but as 
Mike Tyson said, or is said to have said, everyone's got a plan and then you get punched in the mouth. And so, and so, and so I think you're on to something here for sure. So we're talking about basic things like a monthly budget, balancing a checkbook thing. Do people still do that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, but that's the thing. And big portion of this is the fact that a lot of, I learned it in school, but it's not taught anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback that we were getting, especially from some of the participants and, and some of the plans that we had was that I just, uh, I don't have that. I don't, I don't know about creating a budget, mm-hmm. right? And one of my things is always, look, until you know what you're spending, mm-hmm. you can't really be saving. Right. You got to know what you're spending because until you know what you're spending, there's no way to, I don't care what you're saving for, whether it's education, funding, retirement, whatever it may be. And until you know what you're spending, you, you can't really save for anything. Right. And taking a step back with what, just like you said, going back a year when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. the adage that advisors have always said and set planners has always been have three to six months of expenses in the bank, the emergency reserve thing, mm-hmm. or, or it even got as far as it to six to nine months. Mm-hmm. Well, the pandemic certainly showed people that they don't have that. Right. And so for from April on, our message was, look, first thing you got to be doing now is to get six, maybe eight weeks mm-hmm. in the bank. Right. You know, not this three to six months thing, but just have six weeks. So if in case we get another shutdown, you're going to be covered for your expenses for the next time it happens, mm-hmm. because if you don't have that in the bank, you don't have that first then you're not going to win because you you end up debt and credit cards and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. I imagine it's more critical now than ever to manage your expenses. And I think people uh, get frustrated and get obsessed with how much money they're making. I made this much this year. I got to make 10% more next year. And then God forbid you get laid off and now, well, I could take this, but One thing I learned when I, back in the days when I was running Lawyers Weekly, when I was first in charge of the budget, was you want to turn things around and make fundamental changes that are going to make a difference. The first thing to look for is spending because it's the easy, it's actually one of the easier things. And I wonder if now it's more important than ever simply because we spend so much at the, with, with a click on our phone and yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'll sign up for that. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And there are things we're probably paying for that we don't even realize. Does that come up a lot? Right. And that's part of it, right? That, that a lot of times, and I don't care how good you are, right? As far as budgeting, I, I always break people down into three groups, right? The, the first group, absolutely, there's the engineer, right? I know where everything is going. I know everything I'm spending. And then you've got group number three, which doesn't care and has no inkling whatsoever, Money comes in, money comes out. I'm not looking at anything. Mm. Any of the group that's in between, which is they think they're number one, but they're really number three. And that's where most people fall. Like, I know what I spend. I know what I've got for a monthly budget. Well, then when you start to do it out and do it with them, all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. What about this? What about that? And you've got ATM withdrawals and nothing to tell you where that money went. Right. You mentioned trips to Vegas. <laughs> yes. Sometimes more painful than other times, but yeah. don't forget the house always wins. So 
when people who well, people want to get involved, people want to know more about Aries Foundation, again, it's ariesfoundation.org. And if you are an organization, if you are what, uh, a school, tell me about some of the groups you work with that take advantage of what you do. So anything from businesses, we do a lot with fellow other nonprofits, right? That's where this really sort of the group from. Because what we found is that most nonprofits, they're not getting that one-on-one education and handholding. Let's face it, advisors mm-hmm. tend to morph towards the people who are making money and the people who are doing work for nonprofits really are not getting paid for the work that they do, mm-hmm. right? And so that's always the adage. Like I, I went to work for a nonprofit, I, I'm not making any money, I'm doing the good work. Well, so for us, we were trying to find a way to give back to those people. And so we do a lot with nonprofit organizations, but we do it for business for profit as well. We make no difference there, but we also do it for community support groups, schools, you know, you name it. We've done the, the presentations and workshops at, at all different types of levels and all different types of groups. Cool. Excellent. And the, the, are they all free or do you get hired to do this? That's the other reason that, that we did it with the nonprofit. So because they are through the foundation, everything is, there's no cost, there's no, no charge, whether it's a, a nonprofit or for-profit or community group or school, we don't ever charge for any of this. Again, our mission is trying to do the outreach, do the education, help everybody get a little better handle, especially nowadays with, like I said, having a better relationship with their money. For sure. For sure. Well, what's not to like? AriesFoundation.org is where you go. Before Tom goes, we are going to play a quick round of good stuff where both Tom and I will recommend something good that you can consume or read or watch or eat or something that might make you a little bit happier in this winter of our discontent. By the way, as we record, this is the day after the siege at the Capitol building And so it's basically the worst uh, days ever to be an American. Well, let's not say that. We have our health, right, Tom? But but. No, but we have our health. And as they said, because I was glued to that all night long, watching all of those proceedings and everything, they did do the work of the people. So Mm -hmm. they approved it and they went through the process. It didn't get disrupted. So from as an American point of view to say, it worked. It, it, it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And the, and that is the sort of end of this mini, not mini drama. It was a major drama, but the day long drama, it did have sort of a fitting ending when the Congress stuck around deep into the night. And then you had the likes of Lindsey Graham making an impassioned speech, how now it's time to welcome in President Biden and, and Vice President Harris which is just like, okay, now I've heard it all. You've got, well, they say politics makes strange bedfellows, but you've got some people just kind of flip-flopping. And, but it was, it was nice to see that despite all this disruption and really, you know, no hyperbole, terror that, that went on in the Capitol building, that the, that's, it kind of felt like the end of this made-for-TV movie when it's like they got and they did their but job at the end of the day. And, yeah. you know, here we are and we're good. Yeah, yeah it, it, and it's funny because it, it was a, a lesson for me because I didn't, let's face it, this was usually just a ceremony. Right. But the whole idea that somebody from Texas can object to the electoral count in Pennsylvania or Arizona yeah. or mm-hmm. somewhere else mm-hmm. 
really made no sense to me. I was still trying to get my mind wrapped around, wait, this is somebody from somewhere else is now objecting to the vote that occurred, not in their state. Yeah. Well, it goes to show you, you can, people say, well, they're within their rights to challenge these election results. Well, you're within your rights to, to do anything. People say, well, can you really, like, I have a law degree. People say, well, can you sue for that? It's like, you can sue for anything you want. It's like, should you really bother to do it? Is it ground in common sense in any way, shape or form? If it's not, then we disregard it. And that's, uh, there's a lot of that going on and uh, interesting times we live in. Interesting times we live in. But we do have uh, some good news in the form of good stuff coming up in one moment, right after I tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. As a reminder, pod617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, we can produce the whole thing for you. We'll send you out a quality USB microphone. You can do the whole thing from your home, or you can come to our Westwood, Massachusetts studios. Everything is sanitized for your protection and socially distanced and all that. But most people are doing podcasts remotely. It's a great way to connect with your client base, potential clients, other people in your network. They will be amazed when you welcome them as guests on your show and have an awesome conversation and produce something really cool. That could be what you did during your summer vacation or your pandemic. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play some good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Um, usually I check to see if the guest is bopping very slightly to the intro music to good stuff, uh, but you've been kind of in motion this whole time. Are you actually on a treadmill right now or something? No, no? this is it. So it's, this is when I present and I'm in front of an audience, yep. I will always let them know and tell them that it's not going to take long to figure out that I'm a hundred percent Italian because <laughs> I am moving around and my hands are flying <laughs> as I'm doing that. So Actually, I say that, and then the follow-up, if my dad were still alive and in the audience, he'd be jumping up and yelling at me because he'd say, we're actually half Sicilian. <laughs> well, I'm half Jewish and half Irish, but I often have, as my people would say, I often have the spilkies, like, you gotta, I got to be moving or touching something. And I have that horrible thing where one of my knees, if I'm seated, one of my knees will vibrate up and down suddenly kind of rhythmically and uh, i can tell how that's annoying to people who don't have it but for me it's just you got to keep going so tom what do you have to recommend that might brighten our listeners day so for my thing we do the aries foundation for Mm -hmm. financial education inc does a weekly webinar series and i mentioned this that it's it's we bill it as thirsty for knowledge Thursdays. Mm, okay. uh, we've moving the time. So the first one will be next week. It'll be January 14th at 6.30 p.m. It's a free webinar. This one is going to be a uh, review of the financial markets. If you go to ariesfoundation.org forward slash events, you'll see the lineup. You'll see the replays of the old uh, webinars that we've done. But we affectionately call it Think with a Drink. Mm-hmm. And it's because we will imbibe in something as we're doing that. We enjoy the idea of having a relaxed atmosphere. We take very seriously the education and information that we try to give to everybody. We just never take ourselves too seriously. So that's why we'll kick back and have a cold one and certainly recommend anybody in our audience listen along with us. And the reason I mention that is because one of my preferred beverages comes from Jack's Abbey, which is in Framingham, Massachusetts. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance yep. to visit, the brewery's not open right now. They're hoping in a couple of weeks that they'll be back 
and available for the the beer house, but you can find them anywhere. I'm a big fan of pretty much anything that they put out. Is it craft beer we're talking about? We are talking about craft beer. Yes. Okay. Uh, great. I love it. Think of the drink and Jack's Abbey. Is it, do they have whole different kinds of flavors and stuff? Does it get fruity or is it more traditional or? So there, so the Abbey, Jack's Abbey is all lagers. Okay. They have a second sister brewery that's sort of upstairs that's all ales, Springdale. Okay. So you'll tend to get more of the fruitier stuff from Springdale. Mm-hmm. You get more traditional lagers from the Abbey, but this, some of their stuff gets, they've got a couple of, there's a line called Framing Hammer that gets very heavy, very dark. Mm. And some of them are... It's, yeah, there's a lot of kick there. <laughs> there. Yeah, as long as they keep it under 18% uh, alcohol, it's still beer, I think. But I remember the strongest beer I ever had was something that Sam Adams had called, is it called Euphoria? No, Utopia. Is that or Utopias or something like that? Have you heard of this? Yeah, so no, I, I was actually at an event where, where Jim Cook was the guest honoree. And he literally standing up and saying, I am so proud to have brewed this because it's banned in like eight states. Yeah. You know, that it's this type of thing, right? So he was all onto that. Did you have a taste of it? Or? I think it's like $100 a bottle. It, right? Yeah, it <laughs> is. And they only, they, they, they've come up with it. It's a great scam because they announced that they only put it out once a year and it's rare and all this. And so I'm sure that's how they get, they sell it. But I had on a tour of a Sam Adams brewery, in I think it's in West Roxbury. I don't know. It's somewhere around. There. And I did taste it. It tasted. It didn't really taste like a beer. It tasted more like a port. It was just very thick. It was good. I would have some, but um, at a hundred dollars a bottle, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a little tough. A little tough to put that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I will share a TV show I recently stumbled upon. I don't know if everyone's heard of this or not. It's called Servant. It's on Apple TV. And it comes from M. Night Shyamalan, the guy who has made so many horror movies, including The the Sixth Sense and others. And I'm going to play a little of the trailer here so listeners, you can listen. And Tom and I can watch from Apple TV. It's called Servant. Here it is. Do you know who you welcomed into your home? Leanne? Leanne Grayson? Hello, Mrs. Turner. Hi, I'm Sean. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Turner. You have a beautiful home. She is a godsend. I was expecting someone older, less weird. (laughs) We hope you'll treat our house as your home. I'm sure you and Jericho will form an instant bond. She's cool with everything. She knows the situation. All right, so I have to explain because... I guess we should talk about this. (laughs) What we're seeing is it's a couple in downtown Philadelphia, and they're this young, apparently well-off couple because they have this beautiful townhouse and they welcome a nanny into their home. And, and as you can tell from the creepy music, something is not as it seems. And the husband says, I was expecting someone less creepy. But that last shot, I don't know if that gave you the chills a little bit, Tom, but that's the premise of the show. He, the, the husband goes in, the very, in episode one and goes to look at his infant child that the nanny has been brought to take care of and almost violently lifts the kid up by the legs. And then you soon see... It's not a child after all. It's a doll. And what has happened is, this isn't a spoiler. This is the premise of the whole show. The The wife, played by Lauren Ambrose, who is this, you, you might remember her from Six Feet Under. She's great. And 
she has, they have lost a, a child in tragic fashion, as if there's any other fashion, but they have lost an infant to either sudden infant death syndrome or something. We don't know that, but we don't, the baby's not around. And the woman had such a breakdown that she departed from reality and now believes this doll is a healthy baby. So it's creepy from the very beginning. Yeah. And then the nanny's very creepy. And then at some point you begin to question, well, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Is there, are there supernatural forces here? It's pretty good. I'm surprised that I've stuck with it through like six or seven episodes. So Servant on Apple TV. Do you like a good uh, horror movie now and again, Tom, or not really? So I, I actually saw the whole season. You I did? Season, oh, geez, I should have yeah, asked you. My season, season two is coming. Right. So the- just so you know that there is a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of it. I won't yeah. give anything away. But, oh, good. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. I. I. Because of the director M Night Shyamalan, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll stick with it because something's got to come, right? And that's what you sort of tell yourself with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a big time. Let's call it B horror movie fan. Okay. You know? Sure. Yeah, I, I should have asked you off the top. I didn't I usually ask people, have you seen this yet? But I, I thought most people hadn't, but that's cool that you, and uh, Lauren Ambrose is great, isn't, isn't she? As, as yes, she, I, I think I actually met her once because as it happens, her husband is a guy who's, who went to my summer camp and he was my camper one time, this guy, Max, who's, who's an awesome guy and did pretty well for himself marrying Lauren Ambrose. But, and, the, and then the husband is great because the, hu- the husband is like just trying to keep it all together. He, I think we sort of see the story through his eyes because everyone around him is weird in some way. Yeah. Have you tried American Horror Story, that show? No. So that's, that's my kids are, they, they're addicted to it. They've seen every episode and every side. So I saw season one and that was about it. I, I just never got back to it after that. But I watched all of season one. I'd, I'd suggest you try at least. Uh, there are two other. There, it's like a repertory cast, but every season kind of lives, for the most part, lives on its own. And that first one called Murder House was pretty good with Dylan McDermott. Yeah. But but then the the second one takes place in New England in a, in a mental asylum. Super super creepy, but really well done. And then there's another series that called Creep Show, which actually features these people who have actually, who actually in real life are in these sort of vaudevillian freak show. I don't think they would mind it being called a freak show, but there are these performers yeah. that have certain eccentricities and stuff. So I'd recommend that. And if you like B, uh, you know, B level horror movies, they just did one that was a, it was called 1984 American horror story season. And it's just an homage to the, the slasher movies of the eighties with all of it. Yeah, I may I check that out. Cause that would sort of fit right in with that. Cause I've pretty much seen them all. Yeah. That's that, that one you'll like, it takes place unsurprisingly at a summer camp, unsurprisingly being haunted by something that happened in the past and he's back and he's still there and he only has one hand or something. That's not actually what happens anyway. So once again, just as a reminder to our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Tom, it's Moody Street. I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me. Moody Street. MoodyStreet.com is where we go to find your, but your, your financial outfit. Correct, Tom? That is correct. And then it's AriesFoundation.org for everything about the Aries Foundation. And I hope you enjoyed yourself, Tom. I had a blast as always, and just as a, a pure plug for David, anybody oh, sure. who's listening or wants to do it, it makes it very simple, very easy, and he's great at it. So I, I suggest if you are listening that you reach out and see about trying to get on to the podcast. Cool. Tom, the check is in the mail. 
<laughs> but it's actually not. But if I had a check, I'd go to Tom to ask what exactly to do about, do with it. Thanks, Tom. Glad you had fun. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Go to pod617.com if you'd like your own show. And on behalf of my bud, Tom Alessi, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.